mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey everybody, welcome to Marriage of Martinis. I'm Adam. Here is Danielle. Hello. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> that was a very like melancholy. Hello. Melancholy? Mel- melancholy? <laughs> <laughs> melancholy? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Hi. Yeah, thank you. Oh, okay. Hi. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, we're doing an episode today about teenagers. And with the questions you asked me, I had to reflect back to my teenage days. And I'm a little nervous. Well, we have, um, we are such professionals that we have fully invested ourselves and are completely in character right now. Meaning, we have, what? Re- we have reverted ourselves back to teenagers. Right. Um, we threw the kids out of the house. Mm-hmm. They're at their grandmother's. Wait, we didn't like literally throw them out of the house. Like they stayed at no, my mother's last night. No, but we were like, night. you can go where you want to, but you can't stay here. Correct. Yes. Make plans, just don't involve us. Right. Yeah. Um, because we, you know, we needed some time and we wanted to just chill Mm -hmm. and you and I go to this place when we are together alone and we have a day like this, we automatically, I feel like are back to our, you know, I, I, I wouldn't, I don't want to quite say high school selves, although a little bit at our, uh, our days of our early dating, which was when we were 21. Right. When it's just us, we have nothing else to think about. Right. I mean, we are. We are in our bad boy and bad girl <laughs> roles. More so than usual is what you mean. Very much more so. I mean, I slept in today by all, you know, like a teenager. Good for you. Well, I it's a time change. So I slept until eight, but it was really nine. Right. So last night was the, uh, what's it called? The daylight saving. Yes. Mm-hmm. That helped me none whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. You still got up early, mm-hmm. but we're having mimosas. Um, and we, uh, we're just like chilling and ordering food and watching stupid movies. And it's, it's sort of like it, as much as I feel like such a completely different person than when I was a teenager, I still very much have this need in me to do these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. That has not going away, go, going, going away. That has not gone <laughs> uh, yeah, away. Yeah. By the way, we've had we've a couple had a few mimosas. cocktails before we started. <laughs> yeah. That recording. has not gone away for me. Right. Um, I do want to say one thing before we start that I think is extremely important. And that is obviously when we're talking about these things and I, and, and we talk about the dumb things we've done and, you know, and, and bad decisions we've made and everything, there is such a large element for both of us of such immense privilege, um, of the fact of we have done such stupid things and have gotten away with it. And then I have people on our show, parents on our show, who are, you know, who, who have black kids and black teenagers and 
they obviously don't have the same amount of of privilege when it comes to being able to fuck up and get away with it. Right. Well, like the shit that we've done, not everybody can get away with. Absolutely. So, yes. And I want to point that out. And, um, you know, and obviously even even at the time, I think I somewhat knew like, oh, my God, I, I, I first of all, it could have changed our lives in drastic ways. Have we gotten had we gotten caught doing some of the things we did? Um, also, the danger of it that we, you know, we very well I, I was in situations where I very well could have ended up in the hospital or worse. Um, just dumb shit. So I, I very much want to say that I um, we are very aware of the fact that we were extremely privileged. We both went to private schools. Um, we lived in suburbs. We you know, had uh, parents who were supportive of us and, <clears throat> you know, in so many different ways in, in race, in class, in our, uh, our education and all of these things, we were so privileged. So I just want to point that out that we, we are not ignoring that fact at all. We very much know. So, um, so the, uh, the, we are right now, we have in the house, a 16 year old, a 13 year old and a 10 year old. So the 16-year-old right now, we are in the thick of the, the, the teenage years. I feel like our, our hardships with her as a teenager are different than a lot of other parents' hardships. However, it is still hard. It is still that coming-of-age time where they're fi- figuring themselves out. And, um, and it's been a struggle. I mean, even, you know, the last uh, people who have been following us know that the last probably six months has been kind of transformative for her because – she we got her evaluated she wanted to get evaluated um we got the the report back and it shows that she is adhd pretty severely adhd um on the autism spectrum and uh she has an unclassified learning disability yeah well on top of that as most people probably know we she did the episode where she came out yes you know as being gay on this podcast, you know, which Correct. is just... Well, that wasn't the first time she came out. No, but I mean, she literally just on this podcast came out. Yeah. Like, and the, in the beginning of her coming out, you know, the, 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 there's a lot going on is kind of what I'm saying. Like, the, you know, yes, it was a year ago, but, you know, this last year, there's just so much that we've had to dive into with her and finding out about herself and, you know... Starting with that, with the ADHD thing and the spectrum thing, like there's, and it's still ongoing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times girls get lost in the shuffle with all of this because until I think it's even 2012 or 2013, they didn't even really start studying autism in girls. It was all based on boys. I'm not, I'm not positive about the date about the year I have to double check that but um but it's been extremely recent so girls oftentimes get overlooked at, as having you know ADHD and autism and everything because they manifest in such a different way right but that's changing right correct yeah but she has had uh, an extremely difficult couple months since she went back to school and um her school is just not the place for her, and so we're looking into other options and everything. So for everybody out there who is, first of all, just dealing with teenagers in general, I send you love and hugs because it is <laughs> not easy. And for those of you who are dealing with neurodiverse, neurodiverse teenagers and uh, you know teenagers who are marginalized in any way, I send you even you know 
more hugs and love and support because fucking A, it's a lot. <laughs> okay. So yeah, we got all of that stuff out of the way. You know where we're coming from. Let's just kind of move on. Dig and progress okay. Let's do it. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, well, I asked you, I wanted to start a little bit about us both as teenagers. I think people know somewhat. We were both kind of for our own circles and our own families, we were somewhat rebellious teens. Yes. Sorry. So I was a little nervous about kind of reflecting back to my teenage years for this because I know you were somewhat the same, but not to the the degree that I was. Uh, I just want to start off by saying I would never want to have children, especially teenage children, who was the way I was when I was a teenage child. I, I don't know if I could handle it. Like, I look back and think, like, holy shit, what did I put my parents through? I can't believe they even survived what I was back then. And thank God, you know, our kids are not that same way. It's, um, you know, like you said, rebellious. I was completely rebellious. Everything that I did was about rebellion and, you know, kind of standing my own ground and being who I wanted to be, who I didn't even know what the fuck that meant. I didn't know who I wanted to be. I didn't know what I wanted out of life. I didn't know. I had no direction where I was going or anything. I just knew I wanted to rebel. Nothing more than that. Not where the end goal was going to be. Do you have an idea of what caused you to want to rebel? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I, re- I really don't know. Right. No. You just did. No. I just knew that I was, you know, I... It's so funny because before I was a teen, you know, the middle school age and before, you know, look, I was always outgoing. I was always into girls. I had girlfriends from like kindergarten on. Like I was, I always knew that like I was, I, I, I loved being with girls and that whole thing. But, you know, before I was the teen, you know, I was anti-smoking. I hated, you know, people who smoked were gross and that whole thing. And you know, I, I played sports. I did after school sport. Like I did the, you know, the everyday young boy thing, you know, middle school of what you're supposed to do. And then when I hit like 15, it was like, bam, like it's like, here's the three, you know, the 180 of my life. Like I'm going in a completely different direction. You know, everything that I thought was bad and not good for you. You know, I found music, I found smoking, I found drinking, I found, you know, I found all those things that completely changed the direction of where I was headed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do not wish in any way, thankfully, our children are not seeming to be in the progression of where I was headed at that time. Right. Like I said, it's a different kind of hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I I would describe myself again, but my the first word that came to mind for me is rebellious. Um, I was extremely promiscuous uh, yeah. in high school um, and in college. But I mean, it really started. I would say I started being pretty promiscuous without having sex in like eighth grade. You started a lot of things young. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Like I, I was still wearing umbros and playing, you know, playing sports and anti-smoking like I just said before. Like I was that middle school like goody, not not goody, mm-hmm. but, you know, didn't do the bad things yet where you were all you were like smoking. You were into boy. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, it's funny because on the one hand, I. I said, I think I smoked for the first time when I was maybe eight. I remember my friends and I sneaking into the woods. I stole them from my babysitter. And um, I mean, and we were just like so interested in it. We were so, 
we just wanted to know what it was like. And um, and it was weird because I was I was the second youngest of all my cousins. I had all older cousins. You know, my, my brother is 10 years older than I am. My sister is seven years older than I am. And then I have all these cousins that are a lot older. And then... Um, you know, I think I was watching the movies that they were watching. I was watching the TV shows that they were watching. I remember wanting to be older. And and my my brother and my sister were really good kids. I mean, they were not rebellious teenagers. I think maybe my sister a little more though than my brother, even though she really wasn't. Um, but I somehow wanted to just like time hop into being a teenager. I wanted to skip the whole like eight to 12 thing mm-hmm. and just be a teenager. And so I started things really young and I wanted to be cool. And to me being cool meant all of these things. Right. I wanted to be older and I wanted to be cool. So I did what, you know, what I was, what I wanted to. And I, w- I wonder were we more influenced by movies than people are today. Like I remember back this is probably late teens, early 20s, like watching Goodfellas. And me and my friends were all all of a sudden gangsters and like walk, what do you mean talking. late teens, early 20s? Like in your early 20s? Like we're talking about teenage years for mm-hmm. this episode. But for how I can remember as far back, we were late teens, 17, 18, 19, maybe 20, where like we would watch Goodfellas and all of a sudden me and my friends were gangsters. We were talking like the characters. We were acting like them. We watched swingers and all of a sudden we're, you know, we're dressing like that. We're acting like that. We're learning how to swing dance. You know, like, I don't know. Is that the same today? Do people watch? Like, I think movies were so influential back then. Well, now it's TikTok and right. YouTube. Yeah, it's not and movies. It's, it's not social movies media. anymore. Right, right, um, right. It, yeah, it's it, you know you never really hear kids like talk about movies unless you're talking about Marvel, you know, or something. Right. But yeah, because I, I remember watching those back then and being like, okay, I want to smoke, I want to gamble, mm-hmm. I want to be a gangster, I want to, you know, like right. you know, and that's kind of not pushed me into those things, but was kind of affirming what I was doing, affirming, affirming, mm-hmm. confirming, yeah. or affirming, either, fine, one. either one. Okay, uh, what I was doing, and it was like, all right, this is this is awesome. Like this is what I want to be, you know? Yeah funny yeah we have that same thread through us you know that has been as we always say extremely problematic but has also kept us connected and that you know that that bad boy in you is what I fell in love with or part of what I fell in love with and you know I think the bad girl in me is part of what you fell in love with Mm -hmm. and it has been a very bittersweet journey because of it right hey listen that's what you asked for Right. I did. I, I did. I wanted it. Yeah. So it's not my fault. Yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, and, and there were ways when I was younger that I was very responsible. Like I had I always worked, you know, I, I, I babysat from the time I was like 12 years old. Um, and then when I was, I think, almost 16, I wasn't even 16 yet. I started working at Banana Republic in Princeton and um and I worked like full time pretty much. I mean, I would miss school, which obviously isn't responsible, but I worked constantly and and I would, you know, I wor- showed up to work on time and I never missed a shift and I would work overtime. Like I did everything. I was employee of the month tons of times. Um, but then like I'd get my paycheck and and spend it all in, in an hour. At Banana Republic. At Banana Republic. Right. Buying the clothes or, you know, or going to another store and buying, like, there was never any, oh, okay, I was like, I got all this money, I'm going to put 
25% in savings, right. 25%, you know, spend and the other that investor, you know, there was none of that. It was literally like, here's my paycheck. How fast can I blow it? And it's pretty surprising that you were so on top of things and on time and there like as just for work. But that's my point. Because everything else about you, you're not you're right. the opposite, you know, right. when it comes to those kinds of things. Well, I, I, I really, I mean, Banana Republic really was, it, I, 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 I loved my experience working there. I mean, I was the youngest kid working there by far. I looked up so much to the people who worked there. My managers were like gods and goddesses to me. I just absolutely loved them. <laughs> you know, I, they were very much like, I didn't really fit in at school. Um, I I wasn't, I I felt very much like an outcast a lot of times at school, even though I had friends and everything. That's a problem. Why? I didn't feel, uh, you know, first of all, listen, everybody was either beautiful, a, a, an extremely phenomenal athlete, super smart. Um, right. This they is had Princeton. tons of money, all these right. things that I was average at everything. Like I was either average or below average at everything. That's why you should have come to my school. Uh, that's where I, we I went. would have been average at your school <laughs> too. But, but at Banana Republic, I felt, and in my, in my family, I was the black sheep. So, you know, I was the one who was getting in trouble and the bad kid and my grades weren't good and, and all of these things. That when I went to Banana Republic, I fit. I really fit. They were like, you know, they partied. They were fun. They loved me because I was like younger and, you know, and cool. And and so I found this place where I really fit and I wanted to spend all my time there. And like I would skip school, I remember. And Banana Republic was like probably like five, maybe five minutes from my school. And like a teacher would come in during the day because teachers would come on their lunch break and just shop around Princeton and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they would walk in and people would be like, Danielle, to the back, to the back. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. And they were looking out for you? Yes. That's funny. So, um, you know, but but that was, it was a really good experience for me. But also I was hanging out with them on the weekends a lot. So mm-hmm. I was doing things with people in their 20s when I was 15, 16 years old. Right. Yeah. That's funny. That reminds me of sleepaway camp where, you know, people who, there, there were counselors there who were, you know, I was 14, 15 at the oldest part of, you know, when I was going and the, the counselors were 17 to 19. I don't know. I don't even know how old they were, but we hung out. Like we were like, cool. Like they hung out with the cool kids, you know, like we had a great time. And if, you know, the director was coming around, they'd be like, Dude, like the director's coming out. Go hide in the bushes. You know, take your girlfriend and run oh, quick. That's funny. You know, like that kind of same, yeah, same situation. Exactly. You know, exactly. It's funny. Just reminded me of that. All right. What about physically? How would you describe yourself physically when you were a teenager? <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, I don't even want to say similar to now. <laughs> I mean, is that. Didn't Ian just say the other day one of his friends yeah. said, That's your dad? Yeah. I was walking, Bill. I was walking the dogs and. In their neighborhood, he was at his friend's house. I was walking the dogs in that neighborhood, and later on, they they came out. They saw Billy. They saw you know me walking Billy, obviously, or both dogs. I don't remember which which it was. And then later, Ian came back. He was like, "Dude, is that your dad? He looks too young to be your dad. He looks like he's twenty eight or yeah, something." Yeah, you like get that. that a lot. Yeah, but you know, when I was younger, you know, I, I looked at myself as being like a, a good looking guy. I was fit. I didn't work out. It was all genetics. It was all luck of the draw kind of thing. Like I didn't start working out until I was in my 20s. So I think now if I wasn't working out, I would probably look like I was when I was 18, 17 years old, like 
very skinny, very scrawny, like very, but muscular in the same way. But I don't know. I, I always had flaws that I wanted to fix too. You know, I didn't think I was like this perfect thing, you know, anything like that. But those were genetics too. So it's nothing I could fix or take care of or anything like that. So I feel like I was fine. I feel like I was, you know, decent looking guy. I felt like I did okay. But you weren't like really self-conscious or anything. Only about certain things, but mm-hmm. I got over it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You know, there's, there's certain physical features about myself that I would love to change, obviously, even still to today. Mm-hmm. But it's like now it's like, oh, fucking care. I'm like, like yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah. Why? That, why? How do you feel? Well, no, I think that I, it was the late 80s and the 90s and being extremely skinny was very in, um, you know, the whole waif model thing and What's everything. That? Models that were like um like a Kate Moss kind of thing. Do you know who that is? Yeah. Just models that were so skinny that it was Victoria's unhealthy. Secret? Um, I don't know if Kate Moss was Victoria's Secret. Maybe. But basically, just that was very in. And um, I'm not a naturally thin person. I am, you know, I, I'm just a bigger person. And now I've I've come into that and I've been much more accepting of that, of myself and everything. But when I was a teenager, I was obsessed with being thin. I mean, obsessed. Like, I definitely had some eating issues. Um I might I remember the nurse in high school calling my mom being like, you know, Danielle is coming in like two, three times a day to weigh herself. Um, oh, really? I didn't know this. Yeah. I would, you know, eat like a frozen yogurt for lunch and that would be like most of what I'd eat during the day. I mean, I definitely had a borderline, you know, eat like eating issues and and I would stand in front of the mirror for a long time and critique myself. And I was very obsessed with with being thin. And it was, uh, you know, it's it, it was very consuming. It was all consuming for me, um, especially working in a clothing store and going to school where I went and everything. It was a big deal for me. And again, it did not come naturally. Um, so. So, yeah, it was it was hard. And but yeah, growing up in Princeton is tough. I mean, yeah. it's like beautiful, tall, skinny people, you know, right. men or women. Right. Yeah. You know? It's a very pretty bunch. Yeah. So it was very difficult. I think, I guess from what you're saying for you and for me as well, you know, coming from yeah. this five, eight, you know, <laughs> guy. Yeah. I know? remember just, you know, being hungry and just smoking cigarettes, just being like, oh, I'll just smoke a pack of cigarettes <laughs> right. instead. And, and I did, I smoked a ton. Well, we all did. It was the nineties. I mean, we all like, that was also a Princeton thing. Yeah. Too, but I, I think. also think I did, I did it somewhat back then as a thing, like instead of eating, I would smoke cigarettes, but oh, then really? it doesn't really work because then you're just smoking cigarettes and eating. So it's sort of like, you know, it works for a little while and then it doesn't work anymore. Okay. But, um, that was part of it. That wasn't the main reason, but, um, yeah. Okay. So. All right. Before we move on, we should take the break. And we should take the break. Sh- I was going to say another, but we didn't take one yet. Okay. So I just meant to say we should take a break. Okay. And we'll be right back. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
All right, you asked me also who are my role models as a teen, I guess, right? Yes, I asked you as a teen. The episode's about teenagers. Right, of course. All my role models at this point were musicians, you know, late teens for me. Um, you know, I had my favorite bands and everything, and I, yeah, I looked, I, I started drumming when I was 15 years old, and that's all I wanted to do. So when I, when I watched anybody on TV watching, you know, MTV, I wanted to be that drummer on stage. And so, you know, my biggest influence, I think, was Lars Ulrich from Metallica. You know, wanted to be him so bad, be on stage. Like, I had dreams, I think, at that time where, like, they're playing and he hurt his arm or something in my dream. And the band was like, can anybody play drums? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I raised my hand, like, me, I can do it, I can do it. And I would go on stage and play with the band. Like, that's all I wanted. Like, I was just this rebellious rock, you know, like, I, that's all I wanted to do. You wanted to, like, go on the road and oh, have I, girls throwing themselves yes. at you. and. Be on a tour bus. Oh, and, God, yes. I, yeah. Oh, that sounds incredible. That's, that's all I want to do. Okay. Does that still sound good to you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So bad, okay. yes. Okay, uh-huh. Yeah. So th that was my biggest influence as a teen. Like, just music. That's what I wanted to do. Right, yeah. right. What about you? Yeah, it's hard for me to say. I mean, definitely, like I said, Banana Republic, I very much looked up to all of them. I, like, loved being included in all, you know, in their circle. I loved, like, being the youngest and they all sort of doted on me. And um, Wait, so I wanted to be a professional touring musician and you wanted to be a Banana Republic manager? I wanted to be, yes. I mean, first of all, there is nothing wrong with that, number one. Uh, okay, I know. But number There's two. There's a difference is all I'm saying. Right. No, I wanted to be, uh, listen, they... They, they were so well-dressed and they looked so good. And, um, you know, they had these cute boyfriends and girlfriends. And um, and even, like, they were so confident with themselves. And uh, they, they worked hard and they played hard. And, like, I just, as a teenager, yes, I very much looked up to them. Um, and I guess other than that, really, I can't think of any, like, I never had, like, teen beat or tiger beat, like, you know, like. That was preteen. Right, but that kind of stuff. I never had that where I was like upset. I was never obsessed with like new kids on the block. Or you weren't like a Kirk, like you didn't have Kirk Cameron pictures. All no, over I wasn't and, like a you know. I, that that kind of thing. I wasn't. I wasn't like a boy band fanatic. I didn't. You know, like I just I didn't have any of that. I listened. The music I listened to was you know I listened to a lot of classic rock and everything. And if it wasn't li listening to classic rock, I was listening to like Salt and Pepper or you know or uh, TLC or you know I was just like I just didn't have that whole I skipped that whole boy band thing I just was okay. never into it I mean I like some of the songs but mm -hmm. you know my friends were obsessed with like new kids on the block and everything I didn't have that but I do remember watching like Melrose Place and you know wanting to be Heather Locklear in Melrose Place or watching 90210 and wanting to be Kelly you know and be Dylan's girlfriend and stuff like that like I wanted to you know I would watch and like pretend it was me yeah, I, of course. I never watched Melrose Place, by the way. Oh, great. But 90210, I was Melrose a huge Place fan. is a really good show. Was it good? <laughs> Did you, that's a famous line from a movie. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. All right. But 90210, I was a fan. I watched that the whole way through. But yeah. Melrose Place, I never got into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, that was pretty much, you know... That was pretty much it for me with with role models. And then uh, it was I'll get into it later. But really, I just had a lot of women in my life who were my role models. And I really mean that. Like, um, I've always, you know, sort of had this 
connection and everything with I knew that women were where it's at. I knew they were the wise ones, the smart ones, the ones who were getting shit done. Like I just always had that. And I'll get into that a little well, bit Well, it's later. funny. I mean, I think for you, like you asked me, do I feel the same way for my role models today? I think you do the same. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I was into sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and you were into Banana Republic. No, not, okay. no I was into people who were older and seemed like they knew what the fuck they were doing. Right. You know, and they probably listen. They probably did it because who knows what the fuck they're doing? I mean, really hardly anybody. But to me, when I looked at them, you know, they were driving nice cars and they were look, they just seemed to have their shit together. And and I really but they were really fun. So okay. that was my thing. Yeah. So would you want to go back to Banana Republic today and go? That, the there? clothes aren't as good today as they used to be. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I used to wear. It's funny. I used to. In Princeton, I, I would that's what I wore. I would go to Banana Republic. I knew you worked there. I would avoid you on the days I knew you were working. And then you would avoid me knowing my car was in the area. So you would, you know, try to avoid me if you saw the car, you know. But the, it's, I don't know. After I, we had hooked up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we yeah. would avoid each other. Yeah. Yeah, I met my first, like, um, one of my first boyfriends at, at Banana Republic. I don't want to talk about I'm sure I I'm sure I've told this story before. But anyway, that's for another episode. We don't talk about him anymore. Yes, we don't. No. Um, one thing you think your parents did really well when you were a teenager. Oh, yeah. Well, I think we talked about this recently in another episode. Um, I mean, they tried really hard with me. They And they wouldn't give up. You know, I had so many issues. I was completely and so rebellious and so anti-family. And so, you know, like I was so gung-ho pro-friends, pro-bands, pro-drinking, pro-drugs, pro... You know, like anything to avoid family and they would not stop trying for me. I talked about this recently, so I don't want to get too into it, but the best thing that they could have ever done for me is just keep helping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't give up on you. No, Mm -hmm. not at all. Yeah. And your mom still hasn't. She's still very like, (laughs) no, seriously. Like when we've gone through shit before, you know, she, she is very much still like that. Yeah, absolutely. She is like, I am, you know, I am here and I don't care what you do. It's unconditional love. Yep, absolutely. Yep. And it's, I'm very lucky to have that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I was going to say with my, my mom, um, I could tell my mom a hundred percent, absolutely anything. Mm -hmm. And I really mean that. Um, I mean, Anything I did, and, and let me tell you, man, I did some dumb fucking shit. I really did. And 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 my OCD also would 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 make me nervous about things. Like I'd do something dumb, and then my OCD would exacerbate it. And, you know, and I'd wake up in the middle of the, in the middle of the night, like in a sweat, like about what I did. And, oh, my God, did I get an STD? Or do I have AIDS now? Or am I going to get in trouble? Or was there a video camera there? Or, you know, like you start to really spiral and she never acted disappointed in me there was no no feeling of shame um it was just like i mean and let me tell like i was it's so funny because you know that part in ferris bueller where what's his name cameron okay i think it's him they're at this restaurant and he's trying to get reservations or something and he says i'm the sausage king, king of, of chicago yeah yeah i was the sausage queen of princeton <laughs> i know <laughs> That's why I it was introduced to you. Like I sometimes when I'm driving through Princeton with friends now who didn't grow up there, I'm like, do you want the Danielle Blowjob tour? <laughs> <That's great. laughs> it will take us three hours. 
Yeah. We can stop for frozen yogurt at my favorite frozen yogurt place. But um, you are going to see all the spots I hit to. I mean, literally. And and my mom, you know, there were times that, like I said, I and my dad, too, really. I mean, he was a doctor. And so sometimes I'd be like, do, do I need to get tested for something for this? Or and and he was even really good about it. Like he didn't even really. I mean, I'm sure he was like wanting to vomit because he was, you know, like, well, I don't want my daughter to tell me this. But there wasn't any disappointment or shame about that, um, you know, about that kind of stuff. My dad, I had disappointment kind of stuff with grades and stuff like that, but not about this. And um, and that was a really big deal because had I not been able to confide in them, I don't know what I would have done. Like, yeah, I think that if they they knew you weren't hurting anybody, they were there for you. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you weren't hurting yourself. Yeah, they were there to you know answer any questions, help in any way possible. Right. Yeah. Right. Although there were plenty of times I could have gotten hurt. I mean, I did. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure you felt the repercussions from that too. So yeah, yeah. So uh, and one thing you think you you wish your parents had done or done differently when you were younger. Oh, I don't know. I didn't. Oh, you didn't do that? No. Oh. Sorry. I was going to say also, sorry, one thing that I missed was um, another thing my parents were really cool about and my mom was really cool about is that I had a lot of adult influences in my life who weren't them. Like I was very, very close with, I, I always connected with adults, like I said, especially adult women. And like I, I babysat for a family who I'm sure I've told about before. I was extremely close with the mom. She was like, you know, I mean, she was a lot younger than my mom, but she was like another mom influence to me. I learned a lot from her. I spent a lot of time with her. Um, I was very close with one of my old teachers who we've spoken about. I just, my, some of my teachers from high school, I got very close with like the people at Banana Republic. And, and they never were like jealous or intimidated. They were sort of like, this takes a fucking village. And they let me have those influences where they could have been really jealous and be like, you need to be home. Why are you at their house? Why are you out to dinner with them? Like you should be with us. And, and they were sort of very open to me just having these other role models and these other influences in my life, which I'm so grateful for because there was stuff as wonderful as my parents were. There was stuff they couldn't give me. Sure. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. And I think with, with, especially with Mia now, I try to do the same because there are certain things that we can't give her. So when I'm looking for either, you know, uh, like I was looking for um, an academic coach for her and she's in a group with a bunch of teenagers and it's led by LGBTQ adults and everything, like all of these things, I'm trying to have her have these influences that aren't us that can give her things that we can't. So um, I think my parents were, I'm really, I, I really think that they did a great job with that. So. Was there anything, did you answer this if they, that they could have done differently or better? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it had to do with the time. And also I think maybe just the fact that they were much more conservative um, in this way, maybe because of the era that they grew up and everything. But first of all, I wish they had outright said to me, Go out there, date who you want, experiment, love who you want, um, and just let me know that no matter what, it would be okay. I did not feel like that. Right. And I, I think, felt like I, I needed time, to, to date and marry a Jewish boy. Right. I think um, the time also was so different. Like, I think you just said that. Maybe. But I think there know. were parents out there saying that, you know, maybe not as many as today. But Do you think they would today? No. No? Mm-mm. All right. 
maybe my mom more so. And they're very open about Mia. I mean, they they're very, they love me, and they're you know, there's no part of them that's like right. upset that she came out or anything. But I do think that there's you know part of them that still like I talked about in the last episode with the bar mitzvah. It's just the religion factor and everything yeah. like that. Um, but I do wish I had had that said to me by someone, even if it wasn't by them. And I don't think anybody ever said that to me. I don't think anybody ever said, get out there and just be free and experiment and like see what you like, see what you don't like, see what you connect with. And, you know, so I had a very small pool from which to choose, I think. And I think also there was a lot of opportunity for self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, I think that I 100% played into the you know, I'm the least smart one in the family, but I'm the cool one and I'm the funny one, but I'm the one who doesn't have their shit together and I'm bad at math, but great at English. Like, I think there were a lot of dichotomies and these two extremes of bad and good and, you know, a lot of labels and everything. And I do think that was limiting. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm not so bad at math. No, you're pretty bad. I am. I'm horrible. But I do think sometimes that I, you know, I bought into it. I was sort of like, oh, yeah, like I am the fuck up of the family. So I'm going to fuck up. Like, that's what I do. What do you mean? Because you're bad at math? No, 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 no. no. In general, like I was the fuck up of my family. Uh, Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, and when you (laughs) think that you're like, well, they think it anyway. So I might as well do it. (laughs) Right. You know, and I was funny. So everybody, you know, loved that I was funny, but I was a fuck up and that was pretty funny. And, you know, and and nobody was mean (laughs) to me about it. It just was what it was, Mm -hmm. you know, and I played into it and it and, you know, I was fucking up anyway. So might as well just, you know, make it it funny. And yeah, Yeah. I don't know. So, um, yeah. But uh, that was sort of, you know, one thing that I... Oh, wait. I have one more thing my parents did really, really well. I'm sorry. Wow. One more thing. Okay. And I can't put on my finger... I can't put on my finger... I can't put my finger on how they did this. But my brother is 10 years older than I am. My sister is seven years older than I am. And we are all so close. And we really love each other and respect each other as human beings. And, like, my brother is such a good big brother. My sister is such a good big sister. And I don't know how they did that. And I don't know if that just happened by accident or if it was something that they did. But whatever those dynamics of the house were, it worked. Because, you know, my brother's 53, my sister's 50, and I'm 43, almost 44. And we're all still really close. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Good. I want to talk about sex as versus a teenage back when we were teenagers and versus being a teen today. Okay. But let's take another break. Okay. And we'll be right back. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right. I want to talk about sex when we were teens versus today. And this is, you know, about porn. And I think we should do a whole episode about this. But I just want to briefly just touch upon it right now. When we were, you know, when we were teens... 
porn was like kind of a thing, you know, that you had to get a videotape. You had to know somebody who knew somebody who had a, you know, popular tape or whatever would watch where now it's so accessible to everybody. And I just want to make sure, you know, for our kids growing up and learning about sex today, you know, porn is not reality. And I want to make sure that they understand that, you know, you don't treat people like you see people being treated in porn because there's so much crazy shit out there today, which is, you know, fine. It's all like, it's all scripted. It's all, you know, legit. I get it. That's fine. Yeah, if, but you, if you're an adult and you can handle it. You don't reenact what you see in porn. That's all I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, I just, I want to get into this in another episode. I really do. But for now, just for this episode, I just want my kids to know what you see is not reality. Do not reenact that. So is that a talk you've had with Ian so it's far? It's one I'm planning on having. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I think it's really, a really important talk to have, um, especially like you said about, you know, the... I mean, you can get it anywhere it's, it's and there's no, yeah. you know, it's ubiquitous. Like there's no, there's, there's no, how do they know what the right places are? If they, you know, listen, if they are going to look, what are the right places and, and you know, what is like, eth- there's ethical porn and non-ethical porn of and, and all of that. So yeah. And, and that's sort of when I, where I get into like the, the boys and girls, you know, I did ask you like, uh, do you think raising boys and raising girls is different and and that's one thing that I you know I do think to myself like as far as Ian goes I do think there are things that you need to talk to him about that will be taken much better from you than from me Mm -hmm. you know well yeah this is one of them you know like he has to know like I watch porn you know today and I'm like holy shit like I, I get it. It's scripted. I understand. You know, it's meant for a fetish. I understand. You know. Yeah, you, we're not coming down on anybody. You're, you just your fetish is your yeah. fetish, and it's fine. A re, you know, in real life, you're meeting a real person, you know, n- like just don't go there. Like that's not the right way. Unless I don't know. We'll we'll do the whole episode about this thing. You right. Know. Unless you're in a, in a relationship where it's consensual and you're mm-hmm. older and you're of you can handle it. And, yeah, but yes. when you're 15, 16, 17, 18 years old. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. not the direction uh, right. you're looking for. Right. So, yeah, there's conversations that are going to happen, and I want to talk to Ian about this. And I say Ian because, you know, like you you said, yeah, I do think I should talk to the boy. You know, I don't think I can talk to our daughter. I don't think I can, you know, I'm not a girl. I never was. I can't. Mm-hmm. I didn't live in the shoes of a woman or a girl. Like, I, I, I don't know what to expect. Like, that's kind of your domain, I think. And for me to talk to the boys, that's just, you know, maybe it's old fashioned, maybe it's old school, but that's just the way I feel. Well, I also think it's very, it's very, um, heteronormative and, and, you know, you, you, we say that and I just said the same thing, but at the same time, you know, if Mia chooses to have kids one day and has a partner, their kids won't have a male influence as a father. So that, you know, that's where coming into, like I said, I had so many other role models in my life that weren't my parents that couldn't give me those things. You know, like I, I feel like it does take a village and, and, you know, there are, like I said, certain things I can't tell Mia. I can read all the books in the world, but she might have questions that only a lesbian can answer or only someone, you know, who who is having a similar sexual experience to hers can answer. And and so, you know, I want to say to her, like, you need to seek those people out and, and keep it open to 
I am not the only one who can give you, you know, advice about being a human being. Right. And I think, I think as, as, and on the other end, that it's great to be a person who maybe people, teenagers can come to. Like, you know, if you are in a position where you have teens in your life, you know, even for instance, like I'm an aunt and my nieces and nephews, I feel like know that they can come to me if there's something that they can't talk to their parents about and vice versa, you know, like whatever your role is, I think being a person who teenagers know or tweens or, or just kids know that you're someone who they can talk to. I think that's a really awesome thing to do. Yeah. But while you were saying that, I was thinking the whole time, like me being the grandfather of me and her partner or whoever it is and their kids, I just, I, you know, I, the thought of me being a grandfather, like just. Oh, is, is that what just stuck out in your mind? Yes. Like yeah. disgusting to me in every sense of the word whatsoever. That's how your dad was until he became a grandfather. Right. But I was thinking like, so if she has, you know, a son. He doesn't want to talk to his grandfather. But that's my point. Like I could be the male role model for him. But who wants to talk to a 65-year-old when you're, you know, Well, you'll, so, you'll probably still look 19, so, <laughs> I, so I don't know. Maybe they will. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> like, I have so much to give, but he's not going to want to take. <laughs> right. I'm too old. He might. You he know? might. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. There are some cool grandpas out there. I could be a cool grandpa. Like, my, my best friend whose kids call her, fa- call her father, who's like this cool musician. They call him Grand Dude. Right. Yeah. Wait, so you I, you wait. should be a Grand Dude. I'm, Dude, I'm going to be a grand awesome, whatever you're going to call it. <laughs> okay. So I'm 44 now. Mia's 16, right? So maybe if she's 25, she has a kid that's almost, that's 25. 10 years, right? Less than 10 years. You think she's going to have a kid? I don't know. Who I don't know. Who knows? knows? So that's right. 10. That makes me 55. The kid grows up to be 85. Fuck it. I'm too old. No, not going to happen. 85? But if she's 25, that makes me 55. And then the kid becomes 15. That makes me 70. Yeah, that's fine. 70, 75. Fuck. No. Ugh. I'll be drinking martinis with my grandson at 15 years old. I don't know. <laughs> Damn, we're getting old. You're I don't not like drinking this. martinis with your grandson when he's 15 years that's old. That's what I was just saying. Like, I'm trying to push the years oh, ahead. I got and it. I was trying to figure yeah, out how old you're not be. actually having martinis with your grandson when he's 15. I do get crazy, though, about when it comes to our teenagers. Mia's 16 now, and, you know, I mean, Ian's just a teenager. He's just 13, although I feel like he's been a teenager for five years. Mm-hmm. But I do get crazy about, like, the time, and I feel like there's this element of time running out, and we only have so long, right? And there's so many things that I want them to know, and I want to teach them, and maybe things that we fucked up already that I want to, like, have, you know get another shot at and it really feels like I constantly feel like I'm racing against the clock pretty much like okay she's got you know 18 months till she leaves home she's got you know or do you 16 think about months that? To, oh my god constantly you mean to college or yeah yeah okay. or college or a gap year or whatever she tr- she decides to do I mean I you know who knows but, you know, it's like, I don't know if you ever watch soap operas, but my grandmother used to watch every day. She used to watch soap operas. And I just, I still get this picture in my head constantly. Like, like the beginning is like, do, do, do. 
do 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 of the soap opera yeah and it it, you know it it says like um like sands through an hourglass so are the days of our lives oh days of our lives of course i know that one yes or these are the days of our lives or so are the days of our lives and i'm like i think that to myself and i'm like god no like slow down you know for so many reasons first of all you know i'm not ready for her to leave home yet and everything but also just like the this the factor of it feels like a buzzer's going to go off and it's going to be like, shit, I didn't finish. I'm not done yet. Right. There's and, so much more I have to teach. Yeah, there's so you know? much more yeah. that she didn't learn or there's so much more that I, she still needs before she leaves. And I, I constantly feel that. It's, it's, this, it's a constant weight on me. Like, I really, really feel like I have only have so much time. Yeah. Well, listen, I hate the teenage years, number one, because I love the baby years. I want them to be babies again. I love that so much. Number one, because you were taking care of them the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) So I got to enjoy the fun stuff. But now it's like real world problems and like real situations and real, you know, setting them up for life and what they're going to do. Like there's just so much to think about and this weight on me to prepare them. And I just like, I, I want babies again. That's all I want. You know, like I love parenting in that way. Mm-hmm. I don't like teenagers. Right. I don't want them. <laughs> I want them. You know, I just want them to be, you know, with Jonah, who's 10, like we still treat him like the baby of the family. Mm-hmm. We still, you know, he he's done so many things along the way that were babyish. And I remember when he was sucking his fingers and we were like, it's time for you to stop. But I don't want you to stop. Mm-hmm. You know, remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah. You know, and like he jumps on his bed all the time now. And I'm like, you, you know, you really shouldn't be jumping on your bed, and especially because your fan is on your ceiling above your bed. You're going to chop your fucking head off. Please don't do that anymore. <laughs> but I want him to jump on the bed because he's still like our baby. Like, like I, a kid. You want him to be yeah, a kid. Yeah, like right? I don't want it to stop. And I don't want all teenagers that I don't want them to all grow up and go away. Mm-hmm. It's either I want all babies and like to stay here with us and just like hug them and like lay with them or get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> right. You know? Like you don't want to deal with the. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know that, and, the, and we haven't even gotten to the part of like, you know, Mia just got her permit, but she hasn't, you know, she's not driving on her own yet or anything. Like, we haven't even gotten to those places yet. Right. Um, but yeah, but it's also like, you know, the, the part of the them that's watching the shows with them and the movies with them and going to concerts and everything, like all that stuff is really fun and cool. Right. Yeah. All right. What about? I I did not understand this question at first, and I think I answered it incorrectly. Okay. Where you said top three biggest teenage legends for movies, TV shows of all time, in my opinion. Yeah. Right. So at first I thought, who were my legends on TV when I was a teenager? But I think you meant teenage aged people on TV. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that to me? What, what no, was your question? No, I was just saying, like, when you think about, you know, teenagers who, like, teenage characters that are okay. kind of legendary. What I thought you meant was when I was a teenager, who did I look up to on TV? Either way, it doesn't okay. matter. Well, I started with that, right? So, number, you know, I have a few answers for number one, who were my role models when I was a teen. They weren't teens, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I was totally into the whole, like, Schwarzenegger, Stallone. Van Damme, like into that kind of stuff. They were my role models as 
you know, as actors on movies, mm-hmm. love so that just stuff. like a lot of violence. Love that stuff. And by the way, if anybody who's listening knows about American Ninja, Michael Dudikoff was a much lesser known actor. Love that stuff. Totally into all the action. Loved all of it. But then I kind of understood. Okay, you meant teenagers on TV, right? Mm-hmm. That was the question, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So number one was obviously Marty McFly. Right, mm-hmm. he was uh, he was a teen. I don't remember what exactly what age he was in high school, but he got the time travel, so that was awesome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number two, I said Fresh Prince. Back then, I you know I I just loved the show and I thought it was funny and I loved him as an actor, the whole thing. But looking back on it now, I look at it, you know, he was normalizing a black family on TV, kind of like what the Cosby's did in the eighties, but fuck Bill Cosby. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's why I choose Fresh Prince instead. Right. I mean, he took like a black family has all the same problems as everybody. They have all the same situations. They have, they have all the same, you know, normalizing what a black family is that nobody ever thought about before on TV. Uh-huh. And I love it for that. And it's one of the funniest, greatest. He's one of the greatest actors, I think, in a long time. For, for me, that's he's one of the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I said Cher from Clueless. She's like legendary, <laughs> right. iconic. Oh, um, and by the way, sorry to cut you off. I also meant uh, Winnie from the Wonder Years. Okay. And, was that uh, your child crush? No, it was more Kelly Kapowski. Okay. From Saved by the Bell. Uh-huh. That was more crush than Winnie, but Winnie I get. Uh-huh. Um, and she still looks great. I don't know. If, did you see the um, Impractical Jokers when Murr had a, like, a, a loss at the end of an episode and Winnie came on? I forgot her real name. I'm sorry. And she was on the episode while he was like all oiled up and male modeling. No, and it was I did really not see funny. That. But she still looks amazing. So, yeah, she was, yeah, incredible. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I said Ferris Bueller, obviously. Right. I said Ducky from Pretty in Pink. I never saw John that. John Cryer. No, never saw That's Pretty so in Pink. That's so sad that you never yeah. saw that. Um, yeah, I just. Uh, Patrick he- Dempsey. Oh, yeah, Patrick Dempsey, any, right. any character, you know, can't buy me love and everything. Yeah, I asked a bunch of questions on Instagram. I want to go through a few of them. Um, wait, I asked I asked them about legendary characters. Someone said Alex P. Keaton. Uh, right. Yeah, Claire from A So-Called Life. The entire cast of Goonies. Neve Campbell from Party of Five. Chris Elizabeth Shue from Adventures in Babysitting. Right. Uh, Punky Brewster. Although oh, she was... come on. We have to talk about Ra- Ralph Macchio. Oh, I yeah. Mean, Ralph Macchio. He was the Macchio. ultimate. Like, we all wanted to yeah. do karate. Well, the Outsiders had, like, Never every hot... You, that's... I know. That's crazy. Did I you know. not go to middle school? Like, we all watched that in middle school. I know. I That's one thing I should have Doogie seen. Doogie Howser. Right. Um, yeah. And then I asked... Uh, hold on. I asked, one thing from your teen years you wish teens today would understand, but they never will. Um, they said, let's see, that music was everything. It was cooler to get on an iPod than an i, you know, than a phone. Like just music. I feel like back in the day, music was more. I don't know the mixtapes and the way you had to work for the song you wanted and the waiting by your stereo for it to come well, on. But and that was the our, appreciation of it. That was our form of entertainment back then. That's all we had. Now you have TikTok, you have Instagram. Now you have all these things to choose from. All we had was music. 
Right, but do you remember sitting next to your boombox waiting for the be- exact beginning of the song to push play and record together? Yes. Yeah, but like, there's no, there's none of that. Like, no, there's it's no all work at their fingertips. Involved. Exactly. Yes. There's no appreciation for listening to 20 songs before your song comes on. Um, you know, yeah, burning mixed CDs, <laughs> overplucking eyebrows. Yes, the thin eyebrows. Yeah, just the appreciation of not having social media or phones. Um, lots, you know, there's all right. All right. Let's end it on. Wait, I just want to ask one thing. I just want to answer one thing. So I I just asked, um, a few things like this or that on Instagram, like this or that, which do they prefer? I said Backstreet Boys or NSYNC, NSYNC one. Really? Yeah. Because of, um, Justin Timberlake. No, they just had better music in my opinion. Really? Yeah. Okay. Brandon or Dylan. Dylan. Yep. Obviously. 66%. Clueless or Mean Girls? Clueless. Yes, it's like sixty-eight percent. Mia would say Mean Girls though. Salt and Pepper or TLC? Salt and Pepper. TLC won sixty-four oh, really? percent. Sixteen Candles or Breakfast Club? Breakfast Club. Yeah, but I would Better pick be. Sixteen Candles. I know you would. Sixty-four percent. Jake Ryan or Lloyd Dobler? Who's Lloyd Dobler? Say anything, Boombox. Oh, gotcha. Okay. In so, your eyes, Lloyd Dobler. Jake Ryan won by 86%. <laughs> I'm not surprised. But Lloyd Dobler, man, he's yeah. with you for life. Right. He will take care of you. Pulp Fiction or Shawshank? It's obviously Shawshank, but Pulp Fiction, yeah, man. Fi- only 58%. Okay. Only, yeah. Um, and then Boys in the Hood or Do the Right Thing? Boys in the Hood. Yeah, se- uh, 79% said Boys in the Hood. And that's all I got. Okay. Let's end it on, you asked about, Best teen trends from when we grew up, mm-hmm. including fashion, gadgets, slang, all that stuff. And when you ask a question, I answer specifically to how you ask the question. Oh, shit. So you said fashion, gadgets, or slang, etc. So I did one for each. Okay. Right. So for slang, which I thought of you when I answered this, it's putting yo in front of everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what's going on? Yo, I'm good. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> word yeah word right that's word. funny yeah like yo fits yeah. in front of anything it's like yo you want to go mcdonald's <laughs> uh, yo for, you got the homework for fashion it was cavariches for you i no. never owned cavariches ne- in my life but neither did i i had bojos which oh, were, they were the, the knock-off? knockoffs of cavariches really I i'm never, surprised you had a knockoff of anything i know i never had cavariches i was never allowed to buy cavariches that was the biggest thing ever and I, was, I never had it. I had Bojo's. Okay. Yeah. And the, the last was for gadgets. Uh, I put beepers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds right for you. But listen, the only people who ever owned beepers were doctors, drug dealers, and boarding school students. Mm-hmm. I was one of those. <laughs> You're not going to say which. <laughs> right. But I had a beeper and it was very necessary. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. All right. What about you? Anything on that or no? Um, for, for trends, I mean, you know, wigwam socks. I definitely wore. Were wig- those those very thick? Yes. Yeah. And you push them down and they're like scrunchy yes. socks. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I had the, the Reebok pumps where you pump the air. air Is that into Reebok? The, I think so. Reebok right. pumps. They look like basketballs on the Yeah. On the yeah. Tongue. And you like pump yeah. it and it fills with air. Although I don't really think it actually filled with air. I don't think it really No, worked. it did. I just don't know if it did anything to help right. jump. Right. Like I tried it. I couldn't jump any higher. Right. Yeah. Tapered jeans. You know, when you pull oh. the leg over and roll them up. 
What was that called? That was not called tapered jeans. That was called something. Tapered. When you take the 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 the, the leg of the jean, roll it over, and then fold it up. Mm-hmm. That was called something else. I don't remember what I it was called. I thought it was called, called tapered. No, maybe it was. Mm, I, I don't think know. so. All right. Who cares? Yeah. Go ahead. What else? Uh, and I, you know, I definitely did the uh, crimper, hair crimper. Oh, did you? Yeah. When me just in middle school. Right. Yeah, I did. That the, was middle school. Thing. I bought a crimper and I did, you know, sun in. I used sun in all the time, which was horrible for your hair, but um, it worked for sure. I mean, <laughs> it made my hair really blonde. Um, that's it, I think. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Um, we made it. I'm surprised. Yeah. And if, if you haven't rated and reviewed yet, please do that. Uh, it's, you know, we, we could definitely, it always helps. It's awesome. We very much appreciate it. Um, and the date night question ebook. If you want to have a conversation like this with your <laughs> significant other. Like this. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to have a beneficial conversation unlike this with your significant <laughs> no, well, other. No, there's a nostalgia, a childhood right. nostalgia, no, so and, and, and it covers like different this. aspects. Yeah. What was I the mean, last time you spoke to anybody, you know, especially ab- your significant about beepers. other? Yeah, about beepers. And yeah, it's so fun. We're, listen, we're so lucky that we get to do this. Right. Not everybody does, but you can still have those conversations. So, um, you know, marriageandmartinis.com slash DNQ and then uh, MNM podcast for our biggest discount, 20% off. Yeah. All right, guys. Have a great week. Thank you. And we'll see you next week. Well, you'll hear from us next week. <laughs> we'll be here next week. Bye, guys. Love Signing you. Signing off. Bye. Bye. Bye.